Welcome to Christ and Culture, the podcast of the L. Russ Bush Center for Faith and Culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Here we'll explore how the Christian faith intersects all avenues of today's culture through conversations with leading thinkers. Welcome to the conversation. Today we have with us uh, Drs. Daryl Falk and Todd Wood. Uh, I have also with me the, the book that they have published. It's entitled The Fool and the Heretic. And I have read this book. And I just have to say uh, that the harshest thing about the book is the title. Uh, both men are gracious Christian gentlemen. They are also uh, a biologist and they have different opinions about certain important matters uh, concerning the evolution-creation dialogue. Uh, so uh, we have them on the campus of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary today to discuss their book and to talk about their deeply personal story, uh, about how they come to this place of their conversation, how they share a common faith in Jesus Christ, and how they have been on what can only be described as a sometimes painful journey, uh, and to explore in what ways that they can remain in Christian fellowship uh, when each one thinks that the other is uh, seriously wrong and perhaps even harming the church. Uh, Dr. Falk, glad to have you with us today. It's good to be here. Dr. Wood, glad to have you with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, your spiritual journey, your, your educational journey, your academic life. Uh, each of you just kind of give us a, a brief overview of, of how you came to be. Dr. Falk, st start with you. Okay. Um, my, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, in uh, Vancouver area, British Columbia, and uh, was a little church of uh, probably about 40 or 50 people that was extremely important in my life and uh, wonderful Christian parents. Uh, in the early days, uh, I was always somewhat interested in data and then putting things together. And so as a Christian growing up, I wondered, uh, even at the age of 11 or 12, um, how did it happen that I just got born into the, uh, the, the correct uh, way of thinking, the, the correct religion, actually? And uh, so I, I, I was filled with questions. I wanted it so much to be true, but uh, nonetheless, how did it happen that I just got born into the right religion? Uh, growing up in Western Canada, there were very few individuals that I knew outside of my own church and my own family that were Christians. So one of the struggles I had from a very early age, 10, 11, 12, was uh, is, could it be that all of these other people um, especially as it relates to evolution, I learned about evolution for the first time when I was in seventh grade, Maybe, maybe they're right. How do I know they're not right? So I, I struggled with that issue uh, for quite a long time um, as I was growing up. Not a lot. Most of the time I just lived my Christian life. But nonetheless, every now and then that question would pop up into my mind. How do I know? I went off to uh, university and, uh, and studied biology. I was originally going to be a doctor, and uh, so that meant I had to study biology. I shied away from it prior to that just because I didn't want all those questions to be popping up about evolution and Christian faith. But nonetheless, um, doctors have to know biology, so I ended up studying biology. I fell in love with biology, so much so that I decided I want to spend the rest of my life studying, especially genetics, 
and, uh, and, and set that aside, uh, set aside um, becoming a doctor. But that then raised questions for me because I did find out more and more about evolution. And as a result, partly as a result of that, uh, for a period of time I left the faith of my youth and uh, my, my concern uh, as a child ended up coming to fruition, I mean, come, came coming to pass. And that is that, um, so God created through the evolutionary process. Is there a God? How do I know there's a God? All of those things emerged as a young person. Uh, in fact, so much so that I ended up for a brief period of time saying this, I don't want to be, a, I'm not, uh, going, I'm not reading my Bible anymore. I'm not um, uh, praying anymore. And I came to realize that my faith has, had more or less disappeared. And I evaluated it. I said, do I want this? I, I had two little girls at that point, um, a baby and, uh, and a two-year-old. And I said, is this how I want my children to be raised? And so I came to God uh, at that point, having lost a sense of purpose, having known that there, from, from my perspective, I couldn't figure out a good reason to live if there, wasn't a, if there wasn't a God. So I came back to God and said, God, don't know if you're real kneeling down beside my bed, but if you're real, Bible says, I know Bible, my Bible pretty well, Bible says we can come to you in faith. And so I came back to God at that point. And, uh, and not sure, but over the next three years, it became so clear to me, uh, walking with God in faith, praying, talking with him, reading scripture, reading books, and God became very, very real to me again. Uh, the next stage was, uh, was to become a professor. I uh, became a professor. Uh, and uh, and initially at a secular university, uh, Syracuse University, and then moved on to, into uh, Christian higher education. Uh, Point Loma Nazarene University uh, became uh, a place where I settled after having been at Syracuse for a, a period of time and was teaching students in Christian colleges, in, in that Christian college, students who had a background similar to mine. And that resulted in my... Um, deciding I've got to have something in writing for my students about the kinds of struggles I had because they're struggling with it too. How do, we, how do we put together our Christian faith with respect, to, uh, with respect to the knowledge they're gaining in biology? And so I decided that it was really important to me to uh, put things down. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I didn't know at that point of a book that would bring together biology and Christian faith and show how they, show how they, are, they, they can um, exist in parallel and, and together. And, uh, and so I wrote a book called Coming to Peace with Science. That's the, uh, that, that is the book. Uh, I, that's the first book uh, that I read of yours and by which I became familiar uh, with you and uh, your, uh, your ministry, if you will, uh, at, uh, there in, in, at, at the Nazarene School in California. So you taught there how many years? Uh, I taught there from 1988, and I'm now an emeritus professor there all these years later. So... Uh, we, uh, Dr. Falk is from Canada. You're not quite that, uh, that, that's not quite how far north your origins are. No, no, I'm are. just across the line in Michigan, so. Tell it's, us your story. It's not Canada. Yeah, so my story, it's sort of similar. I grew up in a Christian home, in a Christian church. My parents were charter members of our church. We were there every Sunday, twice a day, and once on Wednesday. Um, and early on, my my parents introduced me to young age creationism and the work of young age creationists and so i don't think that i ever like made a decision for creationism or something like that um i do remember as a high school student having a time where i where i decided that this is th that 
I was going to follow Christ, that I had been a Christian for a long time, but you know that that usual high school angst and and early adulthood crisis of faith. I just sort of decided early on that I was going to follow Christ and and be a Christian and and remain a Christian, I should say. And so um, I went off to Liberty University and studied biology and learned a lot and learned that um, the world is a lot more complicated than the creationist literature that I was familiar with. Um, I remember very specifically in um, one of my classes, I was supposed to write a project and I chose a, a creationist theme for the project. This was upper level biology and um, spent a lot of time working on it and uh, just couldn't bring it together. Couldn't find the references and the sources that I needed to sort of make it make sense. Um, and I've got, you know, and being a stubborn guy, I just decided I'm going to do this anyway. I ended up getting a C. I wasn't really happy about that. Um, but my my faith decisions and my faith positions, it just it just became a point of well, you know, if if creationism has some arguments that aren't very good, then we need to get better arguments, right? We need to have better explanations of things. So is that what motivated you after your bachelor's degree to go to the University of Virginia for your Ph.D.? Yeah. I, I, you didn't just do a Ph.D. in some <laughs> peripheral no. area. No, I'm stubborn. Uh, so what was your Ph.D. studies at the University of Virginia? I, I became interested in protein evolution, how proteins are similar, how we measure the similarity, what you can do with that in terms of cell biology and structural biology and all the other sorts of fields in which evolution has a, has a relevance. And part of my dissertation, I got sort of enamored with the origins of cells and early cellular lineage and early cellular evolution. And it was, you know, looking back on it now, it seems very surreal almost because even at the time I was doing those things, there was always in the back of my mind, I don't actually think this is something that happened. <laughs> so you are a young earth creationist yeah. who received a PhD yeah. from a prestigious university yeah. in evolutionary biology. Sort of. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's biochemistry, right? Yeah. But yes, I mean, my dissertation was all about protein evolution and, and it was hardcore, deep, deep homology stuff. The, the stuff that, you know, that creationists at the time, I think were not entirely familiar with and so I was so you taught for a while at Bryan College where what tell us a little bit about the ministry you're doing now yeah so my my life's journey I you know I went to Clemson for a year as a postdoc and then I ended up and there was an opening at Bryan College at the Center for Origins Research and I went there for 13 years and in 2013 we launched our own separate ministry um, and I am you know, I've, I've observed over the years, I've observed people who um, have a similar journey to mine where they get into their studies and they learn how complicated things are and they have that crisis. And unlike me, who was stubborn, said, well, we need, better, we need a better understanding of creationism, a lot of them just say, well, creationism must be bogus, and I'm out of here, and they walk away. And I, 
And so Core Academy of Science is the name of our organization. We are out there trying to encourage more people to go much deeper in their understanding of creation. Um, and so our big theme is the hard questions. The, the stuff that's easy is kind of uninteresting to us. We're on the borderlands of, of, you know, what can be actually answered and what's sort of impossible, the realm of only God knows. Um, and it seems sometimes almost, yeah, genuinely impossible. But at the same time, we've seen so many wonderful things come out of the work that we've been involved with. It's very exciting. And so, you know, we, we work with uh, students. We work with uh, early career faculty. Um, and a lot of it is just giving them advice, answering their questions, encouraging them, praying for them. We host an annual retreat where we pick up sort of a hard topic, a cutting edge question, and sort of bring in a special guest who will sort of guide our discussions. And it's all very informal and casual. And we sit around the living room and discuss these things. And, um, and we also provide scholarship money for students who want to work with their faculty mentors on a research project. And we're really excited about that. So uh, one of you is an evolutionary creationist, and the other one is a young age creationist. I think the first time I ever uh, associated the two of you together is when I saw your pictures, uh, or the picture of the two of you, on the cover of Christianity Today. Was that in 2012? Is that when that yes, happened? Yes, June of 2012, yep. Yes. So tell us a little bit about... How did that come about, and what did that become the catalyst for? Go ahead, if you want to, Daryl. Okay. The um, we each got a uh, email telling us in I think it was in May that we were that they were developing a story, uh, and it was going to be a cover story on this um, on these two biologists who uh, have a similar background, both having PhDs from in in biology or biochemistry. Uh, who held very very different perspectives on the on, on creation, and uh, so the, the um, there was going to be a photographer that would come and take our picture. I mean, I lived in San Diego, Todd lived in uh, Tennessee, and they were going to take our picture. They, uh, and, and so I, they came and took my picture in front of a DNA molecule, and uh, and they took Todd's picture in front of wearing his wearing his lab coat. Um, I, hear, I understand that that may not have been his that wasn't lab coat. my lab coat, though. No, they, <laughs> they dressed me up to make me look more sciencey, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, so. and the fun thing about this story is we had never met at this time. I mean, I didn't know I knew who he was. He knew who I was, sort of. But we did not know each other. So when we appeared on that cover, it was Photoshop, 100%. Yeah. See, I was completely fooled. When I saw that, I, I do remember, there you are standing together, and... Uh, one and you and you look very very scientific in your Thank lab you. coat. Yeah, yeah. But you <laughs> but in your line of, of of biology, it isn't the kind of uh, laboratory style. No biology. Well, it's, you know, as a computational biologist who works in with computers, you know, there are days I didn't even have to come into the lab because I could just work remotely, and I didn't I didn't even own a lab coat. So, yeah, they dressed me up to look sciencey. But oh. you know, how do you how do you how do you show a scientist? when he's just sitting in front of his computer. I, I may be traumatized by this revelation. <laughs> so you two are put together, so to speak, by a cover story on Christianity Today. 
Correct. So, but you still haven't met personally at this time. We haven't. We That's hadn't right. met, and I was. Uh, I, I was interested in the same question that Christianity Today was interested in. That is, how could two people from similar backgrounds, in other words, how could Todd, who has a background similar to mine, believe that uh, the Earth is young and uh, only ten thousand years old, and that there's been no evolution? So. Um, they wrote their summary of our different perspectives, but uh, I was interested in knowing just how could this take place? How could it be that two individuals, because I'd heard how smart he was. I knew a little bit about how smart he was, uh, and I knew that he knew evolution um, pretty well. From At least I, I um, was suspicious that he knew evolution pretty well just from his, uh, his, his training. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to get an answer to that question myself. So you, what steps did you take? Well, I mean, I don't know that I took any steps. There was an organization called the Colossian Forum that uh, I had been interacting with a little bit here and there, and they said, wouldn't it be cool if we got you and Daryl to meet? And I said, that doesn't sound cool. That doesn't sound cool at all. <laughs> I don't really want to do that. And they kept badgering me about it. It would be interesting. I think it would be great. They kept telling me this, and I kept saying, nah, nah. nah. And I think they just finally wore me down and they said, all right, well, we've scheduled this for this time. Let's, can you, can you come? And so I think we, we sort of figured, yeah, we'll, I'll go, I'll go and we'll see what happens, but I'm not expecting too much out of it. So Dr. Falk, how, how would you characterize the meeting? Uh, I, first of all, I, w I had a different impression than Todd. I did want to, uh, I did want to meet him, and uh, I was looking forward to meeting him because my curiosity was up, and so I was actually kind of excited about this about this upcoming upcoming meeting. Uh, and what year was this? This was uh, July of 2013. So it's the year after the cover story. It was, yeah. It was about a, almost exactly a year after the cover story. So uh, we uh, we appeared at this meeting. There were several others there from each of from each of our different perspectives. So it wasn't just Todd and I, and then the leadership of uh, of, of when Colossian you say Forum. different perspectives, were there like ID proponents, old Earth proponents? Is, uh, no, they were there were individuals who were quite sympathetic to to young Earth, and individuals who were quite sympathetic to evolutionary creation. So there were so it wasn't a broad. Uh, there were no people from the intelligent design movement per se, and uh, and there, nor were there people who specifically would probably have said, "I'm old Earth." Maybe like some, Hugh Ross or, or no, not so, leadership. So it, so it was a sort of a binary, two positions, but multiple people holding to those positions. Would you say, Todd? I mean, it was. It was yeah, I, I I do know a couple of them had some. Uh, I think you're right that there was sympathy for one or the other, mm -hmm. um, but these were not people who were involved in the public debate. These were sort of scholars and professors who were sort of on the periphery. They were they were teaching students, working with students, and very interested in these questions. And so yes, there was sympathy, but I don't think I don't think any of them really had a yeah. fully settled and committed to one side. But we the did. Other. The two of yeah, us we did. were we are, yeah. And we still are. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you you meet and uh, at first, uh, you, you, you find yourselves to have uh, a very common evangelical uh, love for the gospel in Christ. We did. Yeah, we found, uh, we found especially uh, over dinner that evening, that very first evening, uh, we spent a couple hours together. And it's a wonderful way. When people have different perspectives on things, uh, uh, it's a wonderful way to, uh, 
to just sit down together over a meal. It's also pretty biblical, isn't it, to uh, to meet in that kind of a fashion. And so, uh, as you're sit- as we were sitting there uh, enjoying this meal together, we were also um, talking about, and it was in an organized fashion that we went around the table, each of us talking about our own Christian story, our own story of how we became Christians, uh, some of the challenges that we'd faced as scientists, and uh, and and uh, addressing the question of how we came to believe the way we do as, about evolution or creation, and, and creation, I should say. And, um, and we, um, we bonded, and we, we felt God's spirit, that's the way to say it. We felt God's spirit at work wonderfully uh, over that two or three hours we had, to di- had together for dinner that evening. So I am familiar a little bit with y- your story, and my understanding is, is that uh, Todd, you found out that Daryl may be more orthodox than you gave him credit. And Daryl, you found out that Todd may be more informed than you gave him credit. Would that be a right way of characterizing it, Todd, or how would you say yeah, that? Yeah, it seems so so <clears throat> sterile when you say it that way. But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where we went with this. And, and Daryl was very encouraged by that common ground. And I remember feeling, even at the time, somewhat alarmed by it because I felt like, you know, the theistic evolutionist is the bad guy and the enemy. And, and I liked him. And I, <laughs> and I felt like, yeah, he could, he, he prays like people in my church pray. And he cares deeply about the souls of his students he cares deeply about the gospel and his concerns about creationism and and what young age creationism does. I mean, in insofar as people fall away from young age creationism, it it deeply resonated with me. And and yeah, I had to sort of overcome the the the, the feeling of like otherness that he is some kind of enemy that I should be opposed to, even though we still advocate our positions and we still say, don't believe that over there. But there's more to this than just what we think about origins. Jesus is a lot of common ground, a whole lot of common ground. So at the meeting, you may have made an aspersion to Todd's background and it became corrected. Is the, Am I understanding that yeah. correctly? So even though I, I was encouraged going into the meeting because of his similar background and his reputation for being a very intelligent uh, individual who knew evolutionary biology quite well, I, re- I knew that going into the meeting. But I think in my heart, I still was so puzzled by how somebody with that background could still not believe or not recognize that God, as I saw it, God created through the evolutionary process. So, so, um, so I was actually divided. On the one hand, I knew how smart he was and I knew his background, but on the other hand, how could it be that he, he thinks the way that he does? And so I, I said, quite frankly, to, um, to Todd, um, Todd, you've got this background, which is um, an undergraduate in a Christian college that was a young earth Christian college. And, uh, and my guess is that if you'd had a background like mine, that's what I thought. I don't know if I said it like that, but I thought it. Um, you probably would not be where you are today. And, uh, and, and, and I suspect that uh, if you only were more informed, uh, that you would be um, you would be able to recognize the strength of the evolutionary argument. So, Todd, um, that was uh, a moment. How did you respond yeah. to that? That was like you know, slap me across the face with the glove. 
let's go pistols at 20 yards. And so I just thought, all right, here it comes. And I just let it out. And I talked about my, my PhD and I talked about being, a, you know, going to evolution conferences every year. I talked about teaching evolutionary biology. I talked about the research that I'd done and published and continued to publish. And, you know, it was sort of, there was sort of a catharsis there, right? You know, I just sort of let it all out. And, um, yeah, and then he sort of said, you're right, I'm sorry, I apologize, which was kind of a shocking response to me. I didn't expect that. So one of the first steps was actually coming to appreciate the other in a way that you fa- each of you found surprising. A little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I was surprised and confused. I think we were both confused. How could you believe that? Right. And I think to some extent, we're still confused. How can you believe that? So that is in 2013. And from there, you that conference moves into some of the conversations about the issues from 2013 till the time that you agree to do the book together. Yes. How many years go by and and, and what kind of conversation is going on uh, via emails and and communications. So it was probably, um, I think it would have been uh, 2016 when we began to talk seriously about the book and uh, 2017, the book came out in uh, in February of 2019. So 2018 is especially when we worked on it uh, with Colossian Forum and uh, and, the kinds of conversations that were going on, we had various we had various meetings of the sort that we had first of all in Grand Rapids that very first meeting. We had another one like that, uh, again with a different group of people alongside of us, primarily not exclusively, but because some others were back and the leadership of Colossian Forum. And I might I might just say that all of our meetings were bathed in prayer and uh, and 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 Bible study. That uh, was and, and a sense of worship. And so when you're worshiping together, which we were doing consistently, uh, every single meeting, which probably was once every six months to once a year, depending, uh, maybe, anyways, quite frequently. And, uh, and when you're doing that in that context of the presence of God and calling upon the presence of God and the sense of worship, because we both believe, of course, in God as creator, and so we both have that amazement uh, for the beauty of creation, then it, 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 brings us, it brings you together. So we had various meetings. Uh, some of them included a public component. Uh, the first four or five meetings, three, three or four anyways, meetings had a public component where we would speak uh, to, a, to a church or to a group of people that would come in to hear us talking about uh, our, per, our particular perspectives. And we were, in the, in the meantime, also meeting privately, dealing with the questions of our scientific differences, uh, dealing with the questions of how we thought about the Bible together. We were basically uh, going through the process of understanding each other's perspective. And it was, a, it was several years of those meetings of understanding each other's perspective. So when was the book published? 2019? Uh-huh. Uh, and the name of the book is the Fool and the Heretic. We've been talking in this podcast about the background of the book, and we have been talking with doctors Todd Wood and Daryl Falk. Uh, In our next podcast, we're going to talk about some of the issues raised in the book. And so we look forward uh, to having that conversation soon.